back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. And this is Between Us and Y'all. We um, created this podcast for conversations between mothers and sons to have a safe space to have healthy conversations. And we're excited to be here again. Today we have our first guest and we're going to be introducing them in a second. But before we do, like we do every episode, we like to advertise for local businesses. So today I'm wearing a shirt um, by a company called We Buy Black. A friend of mine here in Atlanta by the name of Sharif and his wife, they have a company that they advertise for local businesses that are black owned and they have a conference every year as well. And so we want to advertise for them today and that's our business for today. Today we're going to be discussing the topic of communication between mothers and sons and families in general, but since this podcast is for mothers and sons, the specific topic is I'm talking about how mothers and sons deal with communication. That's our topic today. And specifically, we're going to be talking about resolving conflict and avoiding tension and how to adapt to change. That's specifically what our topic is today. Our guests today are our good friends who are in New York. This is uh, Sudani and Kassim. Hi, everyone. (laughs) We have them as our first guests on the show. Um, this is the first time we've had guests, and it's only fitting to have some one of my closest friends, Sudani. She was one of the first people to keep my face outside of my family to babysit him, and Cosmo was one of his first friends. So this was one of my first examples of a mother and a son with a healthy relationship. Her, this mom goes hard for her children. She has a daughter as well, and um, her son, who's also in college, like my face. All right. So we're gonna jump right in. Um, but before we do that, can you all say something and just introduce yourselves? Anything else you want to add to the introduction that I didn't add? Oh. College student. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, all right. So my name is Kasim. Um, I'm a uh, physics major at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm in my second, going on third year, and uh, yeah, uh, 21 years old. Okay. And I'm Sudani. I am a, a creative and a career mother. <laughs> <laughs> and an awesome mom, too. Okay, cool. All right. And Ramadan Mubarak to both of you. Yeah, Ramadan Kareem. Oh, Ramadan Kareem. All right, so we're going to jump right into our questions. Um, one of the, the things that we like to ask our guests, you all are our first guests, but we'll be asking every guest that comes on the show is about a family motto. Our family motto is to work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. We try to incorporate that in everything we do and dedicate time to that particular, any area that has to do with that particular model. Do you all have a family model? And if so, what is it? Um, well, my my motto, I guess that I've all, always chosen is family over everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, no, go ahead. Do you want me to? All right. Oh, so. Yeah. I mean, for me, in the back of my head, that's always my model for family over everything. How do you feel about that, Carson? Um, I mean, I agree, definitely. Because I don't know who I would be without really my family. Okay. Without my family being there. Um, so I definitely agree with like family over everything. You gotta take care, you gotta make sure that they're okay. You gotta make sure that they're doing fine, so. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me it's like if you take care of and instill in your family 
everything that's important, then those are the types of people that you're releasing out into the world who can then impart those ideas to people who may not, you know, be able to, to you know, have the building blocks to build community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you put family over everything, it sounds selfish and it sounds insular, but it can be of a greater benefit because those principles are then, you know, can be shared with everyone in, in, in larger society. You're right. That's powerful. And I, I'm, sometimes we have to be selfish with our family time, you know, and, our, and the things that we commit to as far as family is concerned, because if we don't, who will? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for answering that. I love that family model. And we're going to jump into our first question. Either of you can answer the question as well as Nafis and I will um, give our feedback to the question too. Mm-hmm. Last time we had our episode, we discussed healthy and unhealthy communication strategies. Sometimes when we're, we're communicating, there will be conflict and tension. How do you avoid conflict and tension when you communicate with each other? Who want, you want to go first? You want me yeah. to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So um, usually uh, my main understanding of like how conflict builds is mainly misunderstanding between two people. And like usually those two people, they what they're trying to communicate, they're both arguing from a position where either they think that they're right or what they're saying is okay. And so usually when I am talking to my mom, I make sure that like my words sound appropriate, like the ordering of words sound appropriate, or I'm not assuming something or something else because it because like assumptions oftentimes lead to other misunderstandings or I'll say like I don't know if I'm using the right word or not that that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and my thing is I I go with what is my what is my intention intention is actually the absolute um, thing that you know you need to focus on and sometimes you can be caught up in having a bad day just having a you know a bad conflict maybe with someone else and you don't want any carry over and so you think about okay what are the results uh, what results do you want from this communication and then you, and that means that you have to check yourself and you have to everything that you say has to be has to coincide with what you want your results to be so if you want a positive result, then everything that you do and say needs to reflect that, you know? If you put any any glitches or any, you know, uh, <laughs> shade yeah. or whatever else you want to put in there, yeah. then you don't get where you want to go. You don't get the results that you say you want. And so you always have to focus on that. Okay, thank you both for answering. What about you, Nafis? Um, I think for me, definitely, like, elaborating on what they said is um expressing like what you're going through throughout the day so basically like like how you guys said hey like today is probably a bad day or i was going through something so you know don't if i if i respond in a certain way then don't take it as you know don't take it as hard because i'm dealing with something else also so definitely expressing that before you get into any type of conflict because definitely that can be avoided and that can if that's not avoided then it will create more problems that it doesn't need to be so i think expressing that also and just being being completely honest like hey i just want to completely understand what you're going through as a mother or as a son 
and I want to give you my honest feedback so I'm not just sitting here assuming or making making um these to us maybe far-fetched ideas or something like that and we're just like well how did you come up with that you know right. so, it's, it's pretty interesting <laughs> All right. I agree with everything y'all have said. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I would also add, when you're talking, um, you're not you're just waiting, to, not waiting for your chance to talk, but you're actually listening to what the person is saying, because you can kind of tell if somebody's not really paying attention to you, especially when you're talking to your mom or your son, if they're just waiting for their chance to talk, which means they're not really relating to you and really are not showing concern about how you feel. So. Outside of everything that you all have said, that's, that's what I would add. Yeah. Um, Good. In terms of the next question, since we are talking about ways to avoid conflict and tension, what do you think, what, what do those things look like in your relationships? Like, what is, how does avoiding conflict and tension look like for you? Like, physically, what might that look like in the day, in a conversation with you all? Or even in um, unspoken, you know, behavior, what does it actually look like? And we can, we can, it's up to you if you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, what it looks like is probably like being quiet, um, paying attention to uh, how the other person is feeling, um, <clears throat> paying attention to how I feel myself and making sure that, um, that uh, how I say a thing does not necessarily, um, you know, you know, sting, Yeah. you know, because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love my family and I, I absolutely love my mother, <laughs> but my mom, <laughs> she could just, you know, sting because, you know, she grew up with brothers and sisters and stuff like that. And so, you know, she had to she was a middle kid. She had to, you know, be able to have her comebacks. And so <laughs> it's just me by myself. So I'm like, ooh. But I, I learned that I was actually able to also kind of like do that. So I tried to pay um, attention and make sure that, um, you know, I try to avoid that, you know, you know, of course, in jest, it's fun and it's fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just trying to be uh, mindful of paying attention to myself. Yeah, Go ahead. I agree, because, like, um, when you're, like, mindful of, like, the other person's feelings, I generally like to listen, and I also, like, I also pay attention, and I also do, like, uh, it's kind of impulsive, but, like, a gesturing sort of thing. Like, I'll try <laughs> something out of somebody's way. Cause I know how it feels to have something in, in your way and you kind of like, just want to either have it just be completely out of your way by like knocking it over or like ignoring it as a thing. So I generally try and get things out of people's way. So it like at least minimizes like just all my family's frustration in general. Cause you can understand like the compiling pressure of not only do I have to like clean the counter but also have to clean up all these coffee grounds on the counter <laughs> after this fool made this coffee so now I'm gonna go cleaning coffee grounds off the counter and it ruins the rags and I gotta I generally like when people are going through when like my mom is is having like a hard time or something I generally try and like either listen or just be mindful like she said 
that's really helpful. I remember those coffee grounds. So they <laughs> <laughs> got a lot to do. They never get <laughs> right, right, right. They they never really they never really go away. But he yeah. absolutely does his part to make sure that you know. Yeah. That's really powerful. That's helpful to be able to know, you know, those unspoken cues that, you know, one person might need, especially your mom, you know, to have that relationship to be able to say, I know my mom's going through something and I'm going to support her. You know, sometimes Nafisa and I have our own issues. You know, recently we had an issue and, and one of the ways that the avoiding the conflict and tension looked like for us the other day was I was preparing dinner and I just invited him to come help me snap some peas. Mm-hmm. Break the tension. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Put all yeah. the tension in the peas, you know, so we up in there busting them peas open. Bust the peas, right. All that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> 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 it was at least, you know, 50 peas, you know, if the bags come pretty Yes. Good. So we had to go through all of that and we ended up having a pretty good conversation. So that was the 50 peas strategy. Exactly. I appreciate <laughs> that. We're going to try yeah. to implement that here. I love that. Yes, uh, kind, kind gestures. Um, you know, um, make just making food that they like. You know, you have a you can choose, and it's like you know what I know he really likes this. You know, we we you know we didn't necessarily agree on this, but he needs to know I'm still I still got him. You know what I'm saying? We gonna make smoke herring tonight. Yeah. Or what? <laughs> yeah, it does feel good that. At least know that like people are thinking about you, or or like think like uh, or or considering how you're feeling at the moment, even when it doesn't like necessitate it. Like even when it's even when you're not going through something, so it's yeah. like how are you doing? Like it, it feels good. Yeah, so. and I can, I can imagine that it feels even better to for someone you know maybe you were at fault or maybe you weren't. And there's a conflict happening that they actually take the first step to do something nice for you because it yeah. kind of shows you how to solve conflict and to get through things. Sometimes all you got to do is just take the first step. So yeah, something you guys did that. All right. So have you ever experienced? Wait, did you want us to add anything? All right. We won't always answer. All of us won't. Always answer, so it's all good. All right, so have you ever experienced some type of conflict and tension that ended up turning into something that led to positive growth for your relationship? Um, let me see. Well, the Afro, besides like the coffee grounds thing, because that is a very common thing. Yeah, it's very frequent. Um, in its in both the size of the problem and the frequency. <laughs> I at least try, <laughs> but I at least try to like, like I, I make sure like all oh, coffee grounds are all over the place. Make sure you dump the thing in the trash, like the the knock box for our coffee machine. But um, there have been actually primarily all the time when um my when me and my mom go through like some sort of conflict it's something that i don't understand generally and it's either like oh you can't be like picky with your food stuff like that like i remember that was something that early on happened in my life and i remember learning like oh you can't be like picky choosy with the food that you ask for especially the food that you ask for or you can't um like expect more out of something more out of somebody who's doing a nice gesture for you 
if you're doing if they're doing a nice gesture for you you can't then be like oh but why didn't you do this or why did you do that so it's just kind of like as time progresses i i always am like looking back and like how did i learn these certain values how did i gain empathy and it was usually from my mom teaching me like like oh you can't be a jerk to other people (laughs) (laughs) generally it's a bad idea you know it's just generally a bad idea and so you know (laughs) i would say um for me um you know at one point Kasson, you know, he was, you know, getting on my nerves for whatever reason and something just wasn't going right. This is when when he was a little bit older. And um, it really, it re- you know, however I was talking to him, it just really upset him. And um, even though I was right, you know, <laughs> I'm correct. Um, <laughs> The thing is, though, that I I probably could have, um, you know, been just a little bit softer and gave him, made a little bit more space for him. And um, that did make me say, you know, the the person who I'm talking to is really not a person who's difficult to to, uh, speak to. Uh, Kasim is very easy for me to talk to, and so I some some people I may have to go, you know, a little bit harder when it comes to getting my point across with him. It's not really, it doesn't really require a whole lot, and so if you so I to me I feel like like giving him giving him space and giving him um, the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think that. You know, I think that we communicate a whole heck of a lot better now. Because sometimes, you know, he'll be like, I, you know, yes, mom, and I don't understand what you're talking about, but it's fine. Like, it's fine. (laughs) One day I'm going to understand, but it's fine. And another thing that I do is I try to make it a point to let him know that, you know, you're going to always hear my mouth. You're gonna all. You're never gonna get away from this mouth. It's gonna always be here, but it wants the best for you. It's never gonna sound like a hater, you know. It's never gonna sound like somebody who doesn't want good for you. And measure, you know, what what I'm saying to you versus what a hater would say. Ver, you know, measure what I'm saying to you versus someone who is jealous of you would say. And sometimes as a young person, you know, critique is hits you super hard. You know, it, it hits grown adults hard. So when you are a young person, um, already kind of critical of yourself because, you know, that's kind of like the society that we grew up, that we grew up in. Um, I say, you know, measure, pay attention to, to what I'm saying and just, you know, would a hater want you to do, you know, <laughs> well? Would they say things to steer you away, or would they s- say things to st- to steer you toward yeah. the problem? And sometimes, when you know, for me, I try to make sure I don't sound <laughs> like a hater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But 
but but it also he seems to have gotten that message and so when we communicate it, it feels like he's able to receive what i'm saying in a way so i feel like that's a type that is a kind of growth when it you know that has sprouted from you know like a major conflict yeah okay how about you um, you don't have anything. <laughs> well, I, I think for me to answer that question, I think personally how I see it is maybe around maybe senior year of high school, going into freshman year, I started to open up more for myself and letting, you know, letting in with uh, different stuff I tell my mom. I guess for me, it's just not being, you know, like you just said, like you, she will always be here to support me and not really, you know, bash me for the things I do and she wants to be there and support me and give me all that advice that she can. And all I can do is just be honest, you know? And when it comes to feelings and sharing how you do something, all you can do is be honest and, you know, put it in a way that it doesn't seem like you're attacking somebody or you're, you know, trying to one-up somebody. You know, because still at the end of the day, your parents still are individual and they still have their feelings. And they, you know, they have their own routine too. So you gotta accommodate about how they do stuff also. So I think, as the recent years, I've been definitely trying to be more open about, you know, how I'm feeling and being like, hey, this is, you know, I'm still learning about this, but this is not something that I'm liking. But, you know, if you give me some time, then I might, you know, open up about it or something. All right. And before, thank you. Before we move on to the next question, I, I wanted to um, share, there was a time I remember um, that I didn't really know and I peace was like what I consider to be like a Mary J. Blige artist. He, he, he paints, you know, and everybody jokes about how Mary J. Blige kind of produces some of her best music when she's angry, you know, so people kind of push her to be angry to produce this music that they want, you know, and so I just remember one time I caught him really upset and like painting like crazy, like I, I didn't, I never seen anything like that before, but it was, it produced some of the best work I've ever seen him produce. You know? <laughs> so we talked about, you know, what was going on to cause the anger first, but then also how to channel your emotions to actually be able to make it where it's not always anger that ends up being a thing that produces that type of work. It doesn't always have to be that way. Cause sometimes like Mary J. Blige, I would assume starts to search for sadness and stuff to be able to produce work if she's not able to do it in the same way while she's happy, you know? so. That was the first thought that came to my mind on that particular question. Right. The next question is, sometimes verbal communication doesn't work to avoid conflict and tension. What are some non-verbal strategies you use to communicate through conflict and tension? Hmm. Non-verbal for me is, as we mentioned before, uh, sometimes you make a meal that they like, <laughs> or sometimes you will um, you know, I mean, just be quiet and give them space or do, you know, something um, on their behalf, you know? Sometimes in order to resolve conflict, like you, you know, had mentioned, snap some peas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I generally agree with like non-gestural. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, non-verbal gestures and uh, polite gestures and nice things. Considering them a lot of the time, and sometimes even asking like, 
if they are doing okay. Like sometimes I'll ask my mom if she's not feeling all right, like if she's okay or something. Or sometimes if my mom is doing something, I'll ask if she needs if she needs my help. And these things just kind of come inherently, not inherently, but like they come naturally because my mom has always asked me like, oh, do you need help with something if I'm lifting something or like lifting something heavy? Or um, if, I'm, if I'm struggling with something, she'll ask me. So it's just kind of like a reciprocal relationship of like asking if we're doing all right, if we're doing okay, stuff like that. And giving space if necessary, because sometimes space is good. It allows you to like kind of like grow and figure out how you can solve the problem by yourself. So. Okay. Nonverbal cues that you feel like are helpful to work with conflict and tension. I think sometimes I think one that I really like is maybe just taking a drive and maybe just driving driving around Atlanta with you know just the music on or something and just really just you know you still being you know quiet and being alone but you're still together in a sense and you're feeling through those feeling those those emotions and you're just you know when you know you understand that person is here whenever you want to speak or you know hey you know let's talk about the situation that happened or how do you feel or anything or like you know snapping the peas I definitely think that is a way to uh, you know <laughs> let out some anger but I think those are some ways for you that I see alright so adapting to change as it relates to healthy communication is very important I'm sure there are ways you can communicate now that you weren't able to do before what are some strategies you can remember using to allow your communication to adapt to change? Let's see. Well, the most change I think that we have experienced is the, you know, well, I'll just say that as a parent, of course, you're viewing a child, you know, your child change and grow. And you have to, um, again, bringing up the benefit of the doubt and kind of handing, you know, some of the thinking over to them and stepping back and just allowing for them to move and actually have some confidence in your own, you know, child rearing ability and say, you know what, I think I did an okay job and I think that you can do this, you know. Um, yeah, and I and so I've had to kind of like be quiet when I when I normally would counsel, you know, I kind of step back a little bit because what I don't want to have happen is that my voice is the only voice that he hears in the back of his head, or his father's voice is the only voice, and he doesn't have a voice of his own. Um, that's extremely important to me that he's able to think things through um on his own if he wants advice or if he he'll you know i'll be able to tell if he wants my advice or not or um i'll step in if i feel like something can save him time you know or trouble yeah. or money <laughs> well, <that's important. laughs> yeah but yeah um but Kassim, go ahead i mean so while growing up, um, I never really like spoke that much about this, but like while growing up, I, I, I saw 
and heard about a lot of like um, deaths by gun from uh, um, black men getting shot. And it just kind of like, like looking back, I was looking back at it and I was like, what was going on during that period? And like my whole like thought process was one of like, I just don't know if I'm that good or if I belong here, if I'm if I'm good enough, stuff like that. And it was just like a self-esteem issue. And it was something that while growing up, I had to, I had to like um, ask my mom for advice. Like, what did she think about, not just the shootings, but like, what did she think about what I'm wearing? Or what would she think about um, how I, uh, how I did something? It was just kind of like cultivating like confidence and self-esteem from like um, somebody you know that loves you. Because it was just a time where you were like, the world doesn't like you. And I was like, it was just hard for me to like adjust growing up thinking both the world doesn't love you, but at least your mom does, you know? It was just a whole, you know, well, at least my mom likes me. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I didn't mean to take it to such a... No, it's not. I'm, I'm glad that you actually brought that up because currently, right now in Georgia, there's a, um, a, a case that's going on by about this brother by the name of Ahmed Arbery yeah. who was murdered, you know, with by gun by white supremacists in Brunswick, yeah. Georgia, you know, and I, I can't imagine what his mother is thinking with Mother's Day coming next week, you know, this would be her first Mother's Day without her son, you know, so yeah. relating to that, um, I can speak to how my conversation, the strategies had to change over the years as far as how I speak to Nafis about even being outside, just doing something very normal, like going for a run, like that brother was doing, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you have to know that there's gonna be people out there who don't love you, like I love you, you know, or like your father loves you or your family loves you and they're, they're aiming to harm you. So this is how you prepare, this is what you do. And sometimes all of those strategies might not work, you know, because I'm sure his mom might've given him strategies that it, it just didn't work for that day and now he's deceased you know but i can say that one of the ways I, my conversation strategies changed over the years is i have to be very specific to say you know pay attention to your surroundings always make sure that you know who's in your car you know know who you're dealing with know who you're in a relationship with you know know who you're surrounding yourself with because you really don't know at the end of the day how those people are going to impact you so Thank you for sharing that. It's not somber, it's our reality, you know, and it is conversations mothers have to have with their sons and fathers have to have with their daughters and sons, you know, it's something unfortunately as black families we have to discuss more often than other families do. The one the one thing that like not just my mom but both my parents emphasized was um staying alive so you can live to change it. Because yeah. Otherwise, if you come with the attitude that you can change the world with your own like individual being and force, you're not gonna get far. And that and that's that's why we always have the idea of family first. It's that family is not just one person standing above you with their arms folded and telling you what to do. It's not it's you growing with them and they're fostering a community with one another and you're trying to build that community to then at least 
extend to other communities and hopefully change the world for the better. So. So good. I love this conversation. Do you want to add anything to that before we move to the next question? I think for me, having to adapt to changes, you know, the the stereotyping, um, I feel like society that is like that black men cannot be vulnerable. And I feel like growing up, it was like hard, like, oh, I gotta be this person who, you know, is not sharing my emotions. I gotta be, you know, tough and strong and I gotta show my mom that. So I'm not just sitting here just you know, being vulnerable. And for me, as, as I've gotten older, I was starting to accept that it's okay to be, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel these emotions because I am human. You know, I'm not a robot and I'm not being programmed to just be a big tough guy, you know? And yeah. for, for me to become stronger and show her that I am growing and I am being able to hear what she's saying, I have to show her that I, you know, can be vulnerable in the times of, you know, of tough times or rough times or even, the, you know, the good times. Yeah. yeah, and I just really want to add and, and just remind people, anybody who's listening, like, you know, with our faith tradition, you know, the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam was not a, like, toxic dude, you know? He was a very sensitive person. Yeah. He was a very kind person. He, he of all of the, you know, attributes that you, you know, uh, assign as far as to a good, good man, he got them all. Um, and um, being, um, you know, insensitive is absolutely not a description. It's not one of the descriptions. So, you know, just to just to remind, it's okay if you if you do, you know, show emotion or, you know, black boy joy or whatever it is that you do, it's 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 fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you you know, it, it's only. It's it's only society that makes up weird rules and they turn around and break them anyway. So yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you for adding that. And also for our listeners, we have a friend of mine, Moses the Comic. Musa Moses the Comic has a, a movement going on right now that he supports called Black Men Heal. And the purpose of the movement is to make sure that black men are not overlooked when it comes to their their sensitive side or you know if they need hugs or whatever it's a whole movement and that's the hashtag for black men heal so for our listeners please look out for musa moses the comic and check out that particular movement so that you can support it you ready for our next question uh next question is do you feel the strategies you come up with to adapt the change in your communication style has been effective with your families uh, that has affected my families and friends? Has been effective. Has been effective with your family and friends. Yeah. So, um, like, uh, can you, <laughs> sorry, can you elaborate a little bit? Just a little bit. So when you, the strategies that you've come up with to adapt to change and how you communicate, some of the examples you guys just gave, do you feel like those strategies have been effective when you were talking to your friends or your family, somebody outside of your mom? Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This, that's on you. Yeah, I've, I've seen like um, a lot of the things that like my mom has told me, like, uh, don't be out in the middle of the night and not let anybody know who's where you are. Um, make sure um, you answer the phone. <laughs> the phone. Man. Um, make sure uh, you clean up after yourself. Pretend like you would what you just used you weren't there after like when you came there it's better than when you left Mm -hmm. just stuff like that um it's 
definitely allowed me to get like a close group of friends that like even now like in the middle of this pandemic nonsense they're like are you okay you need anything um like uh did you do this did you do that they help like keep me in check and i because a lot of times the way i made sure that my friends operate is that we keep each other in check so i'd like be like hey you need something or hey i'm over here you need something it's just that sort of like pattern of checking in that's managed to like make my friends also do that to their friends and um we've seen there have been some uh, quite a few like close calls i might say because of what my mom um has implemented um so yeah like because of what my mom has taught me there have been quite a few like that was close yeah okay i i didn't know any of this that's great <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what i'm talking about let's build community that's all you know again a healthy family um can then you know you know, can then you can turn around and know how to be family with people who are not your family. Mm -hmm. um, it's really vitally important because at the end of the day, um, we are a community and the healthier we are, the better. Um, yeah. You wanna answer that question? Um, I think definitely like the same thing that Cosmo said, is definitely checking in on your friends and also showing them that you, you know, if you need somebody that you need to, you know, talk to or you need to express something I'm always here and you don't feel like you know don't make it a burden because I'll you know whenever you know you need to call anytime any place that I'll always be here for you um I definitely try to implement that with my friends like hey man like I, you know I'm more than a friend like I'm your brother like I'm I want to be there for you so don't you know no, don't not allow me to be don't, there for you. yeah so What's up, y'all are some strong young men because these are not average answers, you know, that young men are awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> no, they're not. Our listeners, we're really grateful for our sons, you know, and reflection of the job we've done as parents, but also what they're doing for themselves, you know, to speak for themselves and to be articulate in their words and to be honest about what they're saying. You know, so we are going to go into our last question. And this question um, is, I like it because it relates to you all's motto about family first, you know? And so this question is, do you feel the strategies you've developed to resolve conflict, avoid tension and adapt to change as it relates to your communication is something that should be reserved only for your relationship? Or is it something that you can share in the same exact way with strangers? Honestly, I think that what the way that me and my mom communicate is something that um, that can be implemented across a lot of families. Um, but I think the the saddest reality that we might that we might need to like confront is that not to brag about what we are, but like both me and my mom understand how conflicts arise and we understand how we mitigate those conflicts. And we understand each other in ways that are like, I don't know, the way we've just kind of, I've been here for 21 years and just kind of figure out, <laughs> just kind of figure out, oh, you like the color green and crafts and plants. Okay, 
So I'll make sure that we take care of the plants in the house and uh, we make crafts for the plants and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like that that's something other moms can take that exact example and use it? Or do you think it's just something that people should create? I think other moms can. It's just that um, the sad reality <laughs> is more like because we understand how conflicts arise, not a lot of people do. Mm. A lot of people attribute like evil in in like some other uh, like universal force to the fact that a person is just doing something that they think is right. I think a lot of people have come with good intentions, but of course the road to hell is always paved with bad intentions. So, so I think our culture is kind of twisted in a way that's like at one in one in one end created uh, like uh, making sure that everybody who does not believe or think the way you do is like evil and that's kind of like seeped into the way people parent and the way other people view their parents mm. they view parents as evil and attribute like there are abusive parents, but they I've seen things that are like attributing abuse to things like timeout. Like, what? <laughs> Please. <laughs> like, like it, it just gets kind of weird because thought processes are very different and we just don't un we just don't have that understanding that conflict comes from misunderstanding. So yeah. Yeah, I think that um I think that you know, we actually had, uh, at my daughter's school, we had a program and the program was for parents and they included everybody in the family. The way that this, this, this program worked was that you, we would meet, I think one, one or two every other day or maybe every other Tuesday or every Tuesday or something like that or Thursday. And they would serve everyone dinner and you would sit down and they would take the children and they would have their own space. Children who actually went to the school that were, you know, uh, K through like second grade, they would be together learning, doing their own thing. And that was called friend school. And friend school was when they would learn about how to resolve conflicts as children, as as children and also like you know how to eat right and you know go foods and well foods but the really important thing was sitting at that table with all these different parents you know I'm in New York so we all have you know the, the same but different backgrounds um, different you know islands and cultures and mixes you know but we were able to sit down and kind of level with each other like as a round table and speak about parenting and how to respond to your your child when they exhibit this behavior and eliminate the idea that whatever that I whatever that behavior is and eliminate the idea that your child is the only child doing this and that all the other children have it right and you don't see the other children do it but your child it really eliminated a lot of that. It brought a lot of honesty. It was really probably one of the healthiest things that I've taken part of outside of, you know, being, um, you know, in, in the house really. It was like, 
one of the best things that I, I've done. And part of that was being able to, all of us being able to impart culture to each other, speak about how we deal with, you know, your child and their changes. Yeah. And we actually loved it so much that our kids were like in fourth grade, you know, it was really only supposed to stop at like first grade. Our kids were like in fourth grade, we were still coming. We were still coming when our children were in fifth grade. And now they're asking, you know, can you still come? Of course they can't do it now, but you know, will you still come even though she's in middle school? Like they, because it's a, so it's, it is possible, but you know, we had, we had studies, you know, this is backed by like research. It's, um, and so, and we had someone who spoke about, you know, what the, you know, what most people, how most people handle certain things when it comes up uh, to their children and their changes and behavior and perceptions. And also let's not perform for other people. You know, in public, you know, sometimes a child may be acting a certain way or being a certain way, no matter what their age is. And we feel like because there are onlookers that we have to show out because the child is showing out. And so you feel pressure to admonish your child harshly or something like that in the middle of the bookstore because everyone's looking at you. And one of the things that I did would say, well, not only are you not going to control my behavior in public child, but no, the onlookers aren't either. So no, I'm not going to whip you, but I'm going to walk away from you. I'm going to leave you right there. And that, (laughs) and imparting the, and imparting these um, strategies. So I, I feel like imparting different strategies in that class, we learn certain strategies in that program. And, um, it was called Parent Core, and it was just to empower parents in in the New York City public school system. And uh, it really worked, and it helped them build community. And I'm actually really close to one of the parents who was who I met in Parent Core, and she has been running my child's uh, PTA since that time. And that was, I think, when she was like in first grade. You know, now she's in middle school. Her child was right behind. Um, Nadia. So I feel like I feel like yes, there is space for people to to learn strategies that can help resolve conflict and things like that. But we do have to create that was a safe space, and we have to create a safe space, a non-judgmental space, um, a mediated space in order to be able to for some people to be able to share. Uh, but um. But once you do, once you are able to, it actually, you'll get more people, you know, drawn to it. Um, because it is, uh, healthy. yeah, it's healthy. Thank you. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to add anything before we close? All right. We want to thank you both for being here. This has been an amazing conversation about communication, specifically about how to avoid tension and conflict in your relationship, something that happens oftentimes with anyone, but something that definitely happens between mothers and sons. We appreciate you all for teaching us ways to adapt to change. And we hope our listeners have benefited from the things that you've heard from our first guests on our um, podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. This has been another episode of Between Us and Y'all. We hope that what we've shared has been beneficial. 
as always, we live by the model of let's work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. So we hope that you are able to do all of those things. Thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for being here. Have a good day. Peace. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.